Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many, many blessings. Um, God, we thank you that it's a privilege to be here today, um, to be in your presence, to just get to know you more. And I pray, Lord, that as uh, the word goes forth today, Lord, it'd be your word um, and not um, mine, um, God, and that it would just um, strengthen hearts today and encourage and bless. And we just thank you that your name would be lifted up and glorified through it all. In Jesus' name, amen. So a few weeks ago, we had our ladies retreat, and our theme this year was chosen. And we talked about a few of the women in the Bible and how they were chosen, and how us today are chosen just like them. And I talked about the woman at the well, and how she was just an ordinary woman who then drank the living of the living water, and her story became extraordinary. And I talked about how we live a pretty ordinary life. Life for the most of us is not this grand thing every day. It might look something like going to work, you know, cooking, cleaning, going to church. Um, this morning I was, after I done got ready, I forgot that the litter, the kitty litter needed to be scooped. And I was like, here I am in my church clothes, scooping kitty litter. And I just thought that's something I do like every day, even though my husband says I might not do it often. But I do, and I did it this morning, and I was just thinking, you know, this isn't, like, there's nothing grand about this. But it's a part of life, and it's just, uh, for the most of us, that's how it looks every day. And how God uses these ordinary moments to grow us, to use us, and to bless us. And it's in the ordinary faithfulness that God moves the most in our lives. And at the same time I was studying that, I started getting pulled over to Ruth. And I guess God just wasn't done with me on this subject. So as I started to read Ruth, I saw her live out what she had been chosen to do and what it looks like when we are obedient to what God has chosen us to do. So go with me to Ruth chapter 1, starting in verse 6. And I'm going to read just a little bit. It says, She and her daughter-in-laws set out to return from the territory of Moab because she had heard in Moab that the Lord had paid attention to his people's needs by providing them food. She left the place where she had been living, accompanied by her two daughter-in-laws, and traveled along the road leading back to the land of Judea. Naomi said to them, Each of you go back to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to the dead and to me. May the Lord grant each of you rest in the house of a new husband. She kissed them, and they wept loudly. They said to her, We insist on returning with you to your people. But Naomi replied, Return home, my daughters. Why do you want to go with me? Am I able to have any more sons who can become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. Go on, for I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me to have a husband tonight and to bear sons, would you be willing to wait for them to grow up? Would you restrain yourselves from remarrying? No, my daughters, my life is too bitter for, for you to share because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Again, the Lord, again, they wept loudly and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Follow your sister-in-law. And if I accidentally say Oprah for some reason, Orpah, I want to say Oprah. So <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, so here we have a woman, Naomi, who had two sons, and they were married, and then both of her sons died. And it looks like they had been married for about 10 years before they died. 
And Naomi told her daughter-in-laws that they could return back to their homes. And in verse 8, she says, May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to the dead and to me. May the Lord grant each of you rest in the house of a new husband. She kissed them and they wept loudly. Then further down we read that Orpah, she decides that she's going to take uh, Naomi up on her offer and go back to her people. So these women were uh, Moabites, hope I said that right, who married Israelites. And Moabites were considered enemies of the Israelites. So to see how God took enemies and weed them into the lineage of Christ is so awesome. And then we're going to hear more about that later on. Um, but Ruth decides to stay. And it says that Ruth clung. And that word means held tightly to, to Naomi. So we have two women who both love their mother-in-law. We know this because when they left, they wept. And, but one was chosen to stay. And I don't think Orpah was wrong to leave. I just believe that some are called to stay and some are called to move on. But Ruth knew she was called to stay. And not just to stay, but be completely in. And when God calls us to do something, that's what he wants. He wants us to be all in. So Ruth even made a covenant with her. Um, in verse 16, it says, But Ruth replied, Don't plead with me to abandon you, or to return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me and do so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. So she made this covenant with Naomi. So how many times in our lives have we been called to stay when we just didn't want to? And then, and when I mean stay, I don't mean just a particular spot. I just mean stay in whatever God has called us to do. And I know I've been there. There's been times where I have... Uh, been called to do something, and because I didn't want to, I didn't give my best. And then when somebody needed me in that or something needed to be done, I wasn't ready for it. So God's been teaching me a lot about that. So first I want to talk about what made it easy for Ruth to stay. Because we as humans actually have a response to stressful situations. What she was going into was very stressful. Again, she was an enemy. She wasn't, she was a widow. And back then, there was all kinds of situations that would have caused stress for her. And that response is called a fight or flight response. And it's triggered by a release of hormones either prompting us to stay and fight or to flee when the going gets tough. But not only did Ruth stay... Knowing what was ahead of her, she also carried out her calling with kindness and loyalty and love. So the first thing you have to do to make it easy is you have to see that it's not about you. Now, God can work through things in, in you for your good, but being a follower of Christ requires laying oneself down. It, Ruth's decision to stay wasn't just because she loved Naomi. She did, but Orpah loved her too because they cried about it. But her decision to stay was her decision to follow the God of Israel. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is when life becomes about what you have been chosen to do and not about our feelings or our comforts. Our comforts. Taking up your cross means dying to self. When we decide to follow Christ, we have to be ready not to be first anymore. Motherhood, I think, is a good example of this, and it's taught me a lot about how to follow Christ and I tell people all the time that wanting to have children is definitely a God thing. 
Um, when you have children, you learn real fast that life is not about you anymore. It's your, your feelings and your comforts definitely come last. And we live in a world that's all about self. And, for example, I teach at the preschool, and I have seven two-year-olds. And the biggest struggle for these kids is sharing. And I hear all morning, hey, that's mine. I had that first. And we're supposed to teach our kids that the world does not revolve around them. And that's what I'm constantly telling them. I'm telling them to be kind. And I know they're learning this at home, but this is just, this is nature at two years old and three years old. We're supposed to teach our kids uh, that sharing is caring. And that's what I keep saying. Sharing is caring. But I have this one little sweet little girl. Oh my goodness, she's so sweet. But you let someone take her seat, and we don't even have assigned seats, but she does. And she just turns into a wholly different person. And I'm like, why are, they, why are we like this? You know, why are they like this? And if you think about it, as soon as they come into this world, every cry is met with fulfilling a need or a want. And it's something we should grow out of, but sadly, you know, people continue to live that way. And are we supposed to take care of ourselves? Yes. But is our life supposed to be only about ourselves? No. And I actually read something this morning that Tyler shared, and I thought I was would share it well with my phone. Did I bring my phone up here? Yep, it's right here. And it was actually uh, by Tim Tebow, but I was just like, oh my goodness, that fits good. So, oh no, I took a picture of it. All right. It says, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It's to love God and to love people, to be of service, to be compassionate, loving, honorable, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived with significance. So I just thought that was really good because people in this world, we have, they, we have it backwards. We're always trying to search for ways to be happy. But like Stephen says, you're always going to be the happiest when your life is not about you. So back to Ruth, Naomi knew the hardships that they might face with being widows. She insisted that the girls go back to their people where they would have been taken care of. But Ruth chose to stay even though she knew it might be uncomfortable. And even though it was going to be hard, when she made the choice to follow Naomi, she made the choice to put Naomi first. And Naomi, even though Naomi felt like God had turned his hand to her, Ruth saw that Naomi, because she had been married, you know, been in the family for like 10 years, she saw that Naomi was a woman that loved God and that God loved her. And that's what made her cling to her. But look, even though you have been called to stay, doesn't mean that it won't get a little uncomfortable. And I know no one likes to be uncomfortable. Some people tend to think that Christianity means God should just hand us life on this silver platter, but we serve a God that is helping us become more like Christ. And Jesus had nothing served to him on a silver platter. Naomi had just lost her husband and her sons. Granted, Ruth lost her husband too, but could you imagine the sadness and the grief that was surrounding her? Ruth could have left so she could have started to heal you know, from this herself. But the second thing she did to make it easier to stay was she noticed Naomi's hurt. And I believe everywhere we go that God calls you, he has placed you in life with people that need you to be loyal to your calling. And like I said, there's been times where God has called me to do something and then I haven't given my best and then someone needed me and I wasn't ready. And I've been, like I said, I've been taught lessons. God has just teach, taught me that I need to be ready. I need to give it my all. And when you're around people that are hurting, like Naomi, it's really hard to stay because sometimes that hurt causes them to be mean. And it says Naomi was very bitter because she blamed God for her loss. So we have a woman, Ruth, who, was, who had lost her husband, 
who left the choice to go back to her family to stay with someone who was angry and hurt. So how easy do, do you think it was for her to choose to stay? And this is when we have to trust that his way is better. My favorite scripture, when I don't understand what God is doing, is Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Look, God sees the future. He sees the big picture. We don't. And this is when we have to see that maybe... This isn't about us. Instead, God is working through us to help someone else. It's about living out the life that we have been called to do. For Ruth, that was to stay. It was to stay to help comfort Naomi. Grief can cause people to do two different things. It either causes them to draw near to God or, draw, or pull away. And Naomi was already feeling like God had abandoned her. In verse 20, it says, let's read that. Go over one. It says, she said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. She answered, for the Almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has opposed me and the Almighty has afflicted me? So she was, Ruth staying showed that Naomi, showed Naomi that God had never left her. And that's why it's important that we surround ourselves with the faith community so that when we are hurting we need people around us that will remind us that God never left us, to tell us just to hold on to our faith, to persevere, to not flee when God is calling us to stay. Here, Naomi was called to stay, and sometimes we're called to go, but whatever we're called to do, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 says this. It says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You know, sometimes for faith, for people of faith trying to figure out their calling can be frustrating. But no, all of us are called to love God, to love others, and to live our lives in such a way that would point to the power of the gospel. And to do these things with a humble and gentle spirit and being patient and bearing with one another in love. And that is what Ruth was doing. As Christian women, you know, we want to all imitate uh, Proverbs 31, the woman, you know, Proverbs 31 woman. And so many Bible studies to help us become this. But that was Ruth's life. She was the Proverbs 31 woman. She was loyal, kind, someone of noble character, and she was a hard worker. But what we have to realize that it requires sacrifice and obedience, and that's not always easy. But I'm so thankful that he has not left us to do that on our own strength. It says down in, uh, well, back in Ephesians in verse 7, it says, Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. We have to rely on his grace. It's his grace that will supply us with the ability to do any of those things and to do them well. I want to show you today also a few things from Ruth that stuck out to me that happens when we're loyal to our calling, when we're faithful and obedient. And the first thing is we find favor. And not with just God, but with also with man. Favor means gaining approval, acceptance, or special blessings. In Hebrew, 
the word grace is called hen, which derives from a root meaning favor, mercy, kindness, graciousness. So it's a part, favor's a part of God's grace that he gives us, something we don't deserve, but God gifts us with it. So I want to read chapter 2 to read a little bit more about Ruth's story. Uh, chapter 2, 1 through 11. It says, Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side. He was a prominent man of noble character for Emlemlech, I hope I'm saying that right, family. His name was Boaz. Ruth the Mobiates asked Naomi, Will you let me go into the fields and gather fallen grain behind someone with whom I find favor? Naomi answered her, Go ahead, my daughter. So Ruth left and entered the field to gather grain behind the harvesters. She happened to be in the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who was from Emlemlech's family. Later, when Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, he said to the harvesters, The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they replied. Boaz asked his servant who was in charge of the harvesters. Whose young woman is this? He said. The servant answered, She is the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the territory of Moab. She asked, Will you let me gather fallen grain among the bundles behind the harvesters? She came in... She came and has been on her feet since early morning, except that she rested a little in the shelter. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, don't go and gather grain in another field, and don't leave this one, but stay here close to my female servants. See which field they are harvesting and follow them. Haven't I ordered the young men not to touch you? When you are thirsty, go and drink from the jars the young men have filled. She fell face down, bowed to the ground, and said to them, Why have I found favor with you, so that you notice me, although I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered her, Everything you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me. How you left your father and mother and your native land, and how you came to a people you don't previously know. May the Lord reward you for what you have done, and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge." So he noticed her loyalty, and loyalty draws people in. She even asked, why have I found favor with you? And Boaz told her it was because he saw that loyalty. The Bible has several people that found favor from God. We had Noah and Moses because of their walk um, was blameless, Mary and even Jesus. And there were so many more because of their loyalty to God and their calling, and the favor they received because of their was because of their righteous living, their faithfulness to their calling. You know, one of the prayers that I pray over my kids every day before they go to school, I pray, God, let them have favor with their teachers and their classmates. But they're not going to get that favor if they're not kind and if they're not obedient. And so I pray that they would also be kind and obedient. Proverbs 3, 3, 3, okay, Proverbs 3, 3 through 6 says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So number one, you find favor. Number two, God provides for us. So here you have Ruth and Naomi, both widows leaving everything, and I'm pretty sure back then they didn't have life insurance. 
So not only does Ruth decide to stay with Naomi, but she asks if she can take the provider role and go and get food for them. And we just read about that. Her story continues to blow me away because not only is she kind and loyal, but she's also a hard worker. And from the moment Boaz meets Ruth, he not only protects her, but he also begins to provide for her. Look, this whole book is the book you can see God's providence. And some people might call it coincidence, but what it is is God's providence working. Ruth just happened to end up at a field of a prominent man of noble character and also one of the family redeemers to get grain. I mean, come on, that's God all the way there. And from the moment Boaz meets Ruth, he not only protects her, but also begins to provide for her. And it even throws her off. She asks again, you know, why me? And he says, may you receive a full reward from the Lord of God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. And I like to think about when, when she says that part, you know, think about a mama bird and how she protects and provides and covers her babies with her wings. That's what God does when we find refuge under his wings. But look, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. You know, there was times when we first got married, like a lot of people's first couple of years of marriages, we ate a lot of Hot Pockets. I will not, I don't even like to smell Hot Pockets now. But it was tough and it tested our faith a little bit, but God always provided. Now, it might not have looked like we were picturing, you know, God wasn't throwing money in our laps. Um, but he, he was still faithful. Psalms 37, 25, David says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have not seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging for bread. But also during that time, what it taught us, we grew a lot in our faith. In chapter three, verse one, Naomi says, my daughter, shouldn't I find rest for you so that you will be taken care of? She then gives her instructions to follow so she can go to Boaz and let him know what she is interested in, to let him know that she's interested in marrying him. And she does these things and he's interested and lets, he lets her know that he is interested in marrying her too. But he says there's another closer family redeemer out there. And if you continue to read the story, you'll read all about this. And it says he has to go to him to see if he wants to marry Ruth first. Well, after the other relative finds out that she's a Moabite, he decides that that would not be good for him and that he would lose everything he had. So he gives Boaz the permission to go ahead and marry her. And this is how we get to the third thing that God does when we're loyal, faithful, and obedient to what he's called us to do. So number one, he shows us favor. Two, he provides for us. And three, he will make our life go from ordinary to the extraordinary just because of his grace. And I want to tell you again why I love the story of Ruth. Here you have someone that lived an ordinary life. She considered herself a foreigner from an enemy nation, but she takes refuge under the wings of the Lord of God of Israel, a woman who endured hardship but stayed loyal to her calling. She clung to Naomi, made covenant with her and her God. Look, there's no big earth shattering. If you read the book of Ruth, there's no big shattering miracles mentioned in her story. It was just a woman who finds favor with God because of the way that she chooses to live her life and do what she's called to do. Loyal, kind, and faithfulness. Someone of noble character. And that's what God is looking for. I had another quote that I was reading and I wanted to share it. Um, and I was, I was thinking about this and... Because like Stephen said, we went to Marty's graduation yesterday and all these, you know, kids are going out and um, some speeches at graduations can even talk about just, you know, find, finding happiness and all of that. 
but, and you know, what's the key to happiness? Well, this is the key right here. It says that there's a job that's been given to me to do. Therefore, it is a gift. Therefore, it is a privilege. And this is by Elizabeth Elliot. Therefore, it's a privilege. Therefore, it's an offering I may make to God. Therefore, it is to be done gladly if it is done for him. Here, not somewhere else, I may learn God's way. In this job, not in some other, God looks for faithfulness. And I just thought, you know, when we're doing the work that he's called us to do, that's the key to happiness. That's when we will find happiness, when we are following God and his plan for our lives. So, again, God is not even hardly mentioned. And another thing you'll learn if you read the book of Ruth, he's not even, his name's not even mentioned a whole lot. But his providence, his restoration power, and his love is working out through the whole story through human obedience and faithfulness. And God took some people that would, we would least expect, and he weaved together the family line of Christ. Um, let's read Ruth 4, chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. It says, Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. He slept with her and the Lord granted conception to her and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you without a family redeemer today. May his name become well known in Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Indeed, your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Naomi took the child, placed him on her lap, and became like a mother to him. The neighbor women said, a son has been born to Naomi, and they named him Obeded. I hope I'm saying that right. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. So here we have, she was, Dave, Ruth was David's great-grandmother, okay? And even all the names after that, if you look in verse 18 through 22, there's a lot of names. I can't even pronounce half of them. I'm not doing so hot with some of these names anyway. And don't even know some of them, but God does. And the story of Ruth shows that there are no insignificant people in God's plan. He takes the most ordinary people like you and I and binds them with Christ. So what if Ruth would have said, it's too hard, it's too uncomfortable, I don't want to stay? And sometimes this hurts, but what he would have done is he would have found someone else. Because I'm actually, I'm actually thankful that his plan isn't dependent on me. Because if we knew it was, it would be too heavy for us to carry. But God chose us to be a part of his plan. But look, he is supreme, and he will carry out his plan with or without us. But what a gift to be a part of something that's so much bigger than ourselves. All of what Ruth did, and now you can see, I mean, her story is an extraordinary story because of her obedience and her loyalty and everything in the, and I, also what I see in Ruth is, you know, everything in the Old Testament points to Christ. The story of Ruth shows that if we cling to Christ, he will bless us, protect us, provide for us, and he will show us his favor. And that if we stay loyal to what he's called us to do, if we stay faithful in the ordinary moments, we will be used to further God's kingdom. Her story is a beautiful story of God's grace at work in the most ordinary people. You want me to pray? Okay. Father God, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. God, I thank you that you've not left us to do any of this on our own. God, that we will 
find refuge under your wings, God, and you will provide for us, protect us, uh, love us, God. And we're so, so thankful for that. We thank you that uh, you help us to uh, be faithful in the ordinary moments and that when it gets tough that we um, have the strength to stay. We have the strength to persevere and God that we get all of that from you, Father God. I thank you for each and every person here today, God. I pray, Lord, as they leave this place uh, that you leave with them. God, that you bless them, you keep them, um, bring them safely back um, to us on Wednesday and I just thank you, Lord, uh, that you will just put us in the right place at the right with the right people that we can bless and encourage and that we can know that life's not about us, but it's about others and that we can just show our kindness to them and just, uh, Lord, that your light and your love would shine through us, God. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for everyone that's not here, that you be with them, um, God. And I thank you that um, we would just continue to honor you and glorify you in everything that we do and how we live our life. And we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.